everybody. Welcome back to the Friday Night Dinner Podcast. I'm your host, Curtis. With me, as always, is Dr. Stephanie Sarkis, PhD. You can find over at stephaniesarkis.com. How are you today, Steph? And how are you? Doing great. A little tired, though, because we've done, like, this is our fourth episode in a row. And uh, I'm just going to say spoiler alert. The buzz is the same. It hasn't changed much. <laughs> it's hot. It's hot. It's hot. And it's going to get hotter. And I, I don't do well with heat. I'm not a heat kind of guy. I like cooler weather, usually. See, um, you live in a pretty place for that, then. I think so. Yeah. Even if it's there pretty you go. Yeah. Um, yeah, it, it's, it's usually pretty mild. But, yeah. Um, all right. Uh, let's see here. We're talking about Gilmore Girls, as we always do. Uh, but we're talking about the seventh episode of season three. It's funny that we're doing four episodes back to back, and th- we're talking about an episode where they have to dance for 24 hours, because I kind of feel that same level of, like, exhaustion for podcasting for four episodes in a row. Not like it's a bad thing I'm like podcasting with Steph, but part of me is like, I'm ready to collapse on the floor. I'm ready for that. Like, that, that's where my mind's at. Wow. That's, yeah. that's, that's bad. Yeah. No, it's not that. It's not too bad. I'll probably make it to the bedroom. But, uh, yeah. Well, that's good. Seventh episode of, episode of season three. They shoot Gilmore's, don't they? Uh, I'm just going to say, I know people are going to, like, come to this episode and probably be a little more judgmental on us than, the other, than other episodes because this is, like, one of the... For, like, I think in most people's eyes, one of the top five episodes of the show. Like, almost universally, the show is high up in most people's rankings. When they're ranking really? The I didn't have that same... I didn't have that same feeling. Funny. Well, you were just watching the show for the yeah. first time, so you don't really have, like... I knew that it was your favorite episode. I think it's one of them, yeah. It's, it's pro- I don't think it's my all-time favorite, but it, it's up there for sure. Um, yeah. But, uh, yeah, uh, an episode, uh, it's one of my, it's one of my favorites, I think it's a lot of people's favorites, because it's one of those episodes where the town comes together, and we have talked before about how, like, those usually end up being really entertaining episodes, when you get an excuse right. to get everyone together in the same room. Um, this right. was written by Amy Sherman Palladino, so thank mm-hmm. goodness Daniel got sent home for the day. Um, but also, directed by Kenny Ortega, who... You might not know his name, but you know his work. He worked on High School Musical. He was the oh, okay. yeah, and he was the uh, choreographer for um, Dirty Dancing, which, funny enough, uh, had oh, yeah. a movie from uh, Gilmore Girls in it. So yeah, yeah. So he's very you much. This is written by Amy. Sh- oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, no, you go ahead. You already mentioned that it was written by Amy Sherman Palladino. So. I did. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so interesting combo for this episode. Yeah, and uh, Kenny Ortega is the kind of guy that, like, I don't know, I think, like, obviously he knows how to make musicals and dancing and stuff, and it's interesting that you take someone who knows these kind of things and, like, applies it just to, like, a single episode of a show. I just think it's really interesting that, like, all, you know, you get someone who really knows what they're doing, and then you just give them one episode to kind of, like, do what they do, and, you know, yeah, everyone's dancing in this, but, like, it's funny, too, because it's like, they weren't really, like, dancing, like, too incredibly aesthetic. <laughs> like, it didn't feel right. like High School Musical or Even the beginning. Yeah, like, probably right. the whole dance. Well, I think they want to veer from making it too musical. Yeah, they want to keep it realistic, yeah. right? Like, you don't right. want it to feel like a different show entirely. Um, right. So, yeah. 
Um, yeah, and I think, too, like, Kenny Ortega did quite a few episodes of Gilmore Girls. I think this might be his first one that he's done. But yeah. he directed, like, 11 episodes in total. So, um, yeah. He, uh, he definitely seemed to really enjoy working on Gilmore Girls. But, yeah, I think this is his first episode. I'm going to check now. Because if I'm wrong, then I'm going to feel really bad. But, uh, actually, you feel really bad. You're going to feel bad if I get uh, stuff wrong. Uh, no, yeah, it seems like it might be his first episode. So, there you go. Um, yeah, and basically just this is a 24-hour dance marathon where everyone comes together and dances and whoever's left standing at the end wins and Kirk has won every year and there's a great opening to the episode where Lorelai's just watching people on the street to find somebody to be her dance partner, um, which I thought was pretty funny that, like, she didn't not seem like she was hinting to Lou that she wanted him to dance with her. He just clearly was like, nope. Yeah. So. Yeah, he picked up on that. He's like, nope. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, uh, yeah, she finds somebody that works at a hardware store, but then his wife finds out and doesn't think too kindly to that, so... Uh, She's a nurse that checks out everybody before they dance. Yeah, that felt a little weird. Um, yeah. I thought she was going to get the checkup and she wouldn't be able to, to dance. Yeah, didn't it feel like that? Like... Well, but, kind of, yeah. Yeah, it, it did feel a little weird that, like, that, like, I don't know, that she just kind of was like, oh, I'm that woman, and you're like, oh, okay, I don't know what this means. <laughs> Maybe give me a little more information as to, like, what this actually means for, for this episode. Like, it didn't really seem to matter all that much. Well, what, what I get is, like, she describes Lorelai, like, oh, you're the one with, you know, and she lists all these medical things. But on yeah. the phone call, Lorelai says, oh, how does she see a picture of me? Yeah. So somehow the whole thing was weird. Yeah. No, totally. And and who did who did um Kirk dance with? Was it someone that we knew, or is it a different I person? I don't think so. I didn't recognize the person. So. Do you think he like actually asked her out on a date and courted her for a bit before asking her, or do you think he just approached a woman on the streets and be like? Hey. I think that they. Well, I think when Rory was talking about his life, I think she said like he doesn't have a girlfriend, and I I don't know like I don't know if that met the girl but yeah i don't know maybe well i think they also taylor said something about didn't he about how this is they've won this so many years in a row the two of them but he's the only one jogging around with the trophy at the end maybe she passed out or maybe he like just like hired her to dance seems like something he would do oh. like pay oh, a yeah. girl to like dance with him. <laughs> sounds weird dance to with him for 24 hours yeah i could see him doing that um I can see him going through the extensive list of all the dances they know and they've ever been able to stay up for 24 hours. It was yeah. 24 hours, right? Yeah, it was 24 hours. It was all night. No, it was 24 hours. 24 hours because, like, it starts at, like, 5 a.m. or something. It goes to, like, 5 a.m. Oh, yeah. Or something. It's ridiculous. I know it's for cheering and everything, but I've never fully understood the concept of this. It's Is it actually a thing? Have sleep deprivation? Yeah, uh-huh. Weird. Yeah, there, um, when I was at UF, they for Teresa stories that did it to raise money. Mm. Um, and, uh, and, yeah, I... Uh, sleep deprivation isn't good. <laughs> so, no. so, but I like I like Babette's and what, is it Maury? Maury? Murray? Yeah. What's her husband's name? Maury. I really like that she gets a little bit and she's like, I'm out. <laughs> me. Yeah, it was pretty quick too. So. Oh, that was great. I was like, I feel like Babette. <laughs> like, I like the dance, but at the same time, it's like, I'm like, that's a little too much. Yeah. 
So, and then Rory just kind of just like uh, Morlai needs to get her shoe fixed, and then then Laurel and then Rory like loses it for both of them. Yeah. But then that doesn't really come to a resolution. They don't really talk about it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Uh, so yeah, they're doing the dancing thing, and um, Dean shows up to support them, which is great until it's not. Uh, um, <laughs> sums up a lot about Dean, right? It's great until it's not. <laughs> it's great until it's not. And you know what? Like, I think this episode. Uh, if you're not a fan of Dean, this is a great episode because oh, yeah. this is this is the cathartic relief you've been waiting for for almost like three seasons now. Uh, We'll just cut to the chase because they break up. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And um, and Jess called out his misogyny because he tells Rory, come on, let's go. And my favorite quote of the episode is Jess saying, yeah, you know, go home, go to the kitchen, make me dinner or something. Yeah. Um, so he's basically calling out misogyny. And that's what we've been kind of talking about the whole time, especially the episode where you know, she dressed up like Don Reed oh, yeah. and made him dinner and everything. And he was like, oh, yeah, this is how I like things. You know, we're like, ick. Um, yeah. So it was nice. To, it was refreshing that somebody was calling him out, mm-hmm. and it was Jazz calling him out. Yeah, we've always known that he's backed up Rory, and he's very socially intelligent. Yeah, he's intelligent, he's intelligent in other areas, but he's really socially intelligent in a way that I don't think many other characters are. And I'm really surprised the spinoff didn't take off with him. Is oh, there an episode you said that is yeah. kind of like a standalone episode it's supposed to be, and and uh. It just didn't go anywhere. I'm really surprised that they didn't pick that up. I think when you watch it, it all makes sense. Why didn't oh, okay, because it's just a little too weird. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, I, you might like it, though. I don't, I don't want to influence your opinion. You might like it, but it, it, it's it's definitely not Gilmore Girls. Too late. It's no. something else entirely. <laughs> yeah. Ah, okay. Yeah. Um, but, so it uh, didn't get picked up and put it in as an episode, basically, but it doesn't have any continuity to that. Well, story. no, they put it in as like a backdoor pilot, so how that works is like they'll film it as a quote-unquote episode of the series, but mm-hmm. they're also using it to show to the creator or the studio executives, like, hey, we can take this and spin it off into its own show. And, uh, yeah, it didn't quite work. They, they saw that and they were like, no, we're not spinning this off, which is... Interesting because the show was really popular at the time and it still got shut down. But then when you watch the episode, in my opinion, it makes sense why they didn't pick it up. But, uh, but um, is that the season we watch it? Yeah, I think it's like later this season. I'm pretty oh, sure. so his character took off. Okay. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, and it's interesting that like we've seen Dean be volatile. Uh, jealous, controlling, and this entire, well, I would say season, but even more than that. Um, and I, I, it's interesting that they use that to kind of blow up the relationship, which, you know, the show is oftentimes painted like, oh, Dean's the perfect boyfriend. He's the great first boyfriend. Coral, like, reinforces that. Yeah, that's yeah. where we're like, no, this guy's unhealthy. Yeah. But in this, it was interesting that, like, it was his jealousy that ended the relationship. You know what I mean? Like, it was his own traits that we've pointed out as being problematic that ended the relationship. Well, and, and, and I would say also Rory was going a little over the top with how upset she was and voicing that to Dean. You know, all the people that, like, complain about Dean to, I mean, complain about Jess to, Dean is not one of them. You know what I mean? Like, she didn't read the room and say, like, oh, yeah. maybe I shouldn't be complaining about Jess. But his girlfriend's nodding. At the same time, too, like, okay. you know, if you're... If you're someone's partner and like they're complaining about somebody else and you get jealous about that, that's like, oh, uh, that's, 
I necessarily blame Rory for that. Like, she was just getting upset, and yeah, I think he took it way too far. But I see what you're yeah. saying. Like, I, I, I think yeah. it was. I think it's still more on Dean than it is on Rory. Like, oh yeah, yeah, it's totally on Dean. But I think also, you know, she kind of went a little bit over the top. Yeah. Yeah, I and mean, Jess was also doing that on purpose too. So. Oh yeah. He definitely knows um, what he's doing. <laughs> yeah. Which I think is interesting because, again, he's very socially intelligent. He knows that he's sabotaging mm-hmm. this relationship. And, uh, right. Yeah. Um, and the girlfriend has no clue what's going on. I like how she's like, hey, you might want to listen up to this. <laughs> you know? She's like, what? Is she? Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, let's see. Um... Yeah, and uh, yeah, I, I just like how fun this episode is. Like, there's a lot of, even though there's like a lot of heartbreak, especially with like breaking up with Dean. Uh, you know, there, there's a lot of like humor in this. Uh, not with Jackson though, who they kind of reveal how many kids they want to have, and that becomes a whole. More kids in four years. Which I don't know. How do you feel about that? I felt that that was crazy. That's a little. <laughs> your mails. Everybody else in the yeah. Yeah. And I was also upset with Sookie for blaming it on Lorelai, which I think is a... Sometimes I think they have kind of a toxic friendship. Yeah. Because to not be able to talk to your husband and blame it on your best friend, mm-hmm. there's something going on in that relationship that I would have told me to go call therapy. Um, I, I, like I It seems like she always a lot. Huh? I feel like they maybe have boundary issues. Is, is what I yeah. think of it as. It's like, to me, it seems like there's no boundaries between their friendship and the marriage and all that. And here's the thing. Him saying that and her telling um, Lorelai, like, to me, seemed a little bit like a boundary issue. Like, maybe there are some things that, yeah, should be kept between us. So I kind of agree a little bit with Jackson on it. But I also, yeah, it, it seems like they are, like, close friends and they share a lot so i get it but yeah part of me signed a little bit with jackson on this like you know yeah he, him having four kids in four years is you know maybe something that's a more of a conversation between the two of them but i think right. in, in the context of the show there's no real barriers there like whatever jackson says to suki suki's probably going to immediately go and tell it to to uh lorelei which i don't know if you can really i don't know if who's at fault there like maybe jackson should have been like Hey, maybe don't tell Lorelai this, or like set some boundaries so that she knows not to mention it. But I don't know. It could be anybody's fault, just that you know, Sookie said yes to him. Yeah. And I don't think Lorelai pointed out, hey, you need to have a talk with him. I mean, it was more like, oh my god, you know, why does he want that? And da, 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 instead of just going, hey, maybe you should talk to him about this instead of just saying yes. Yeah. But I think that Lorelai likes hearing about Sookie's life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think there's part of that too. But, yeah, I think I think Jax is kind of out of line. He went over the top of that. But I think also, yeah, I would have been good if Sookie had talked to him. Yeah. Um, he complains a lot. Yeah, he does. And I think that doesn't help. Like, if it was, like, a case where he was, like, a little more less whiny and this was his moment to get upset, I'd be like, I kind of side with you on this. But because he complains about everything, I'm like, this is just another thing for him to complain about. So, um... Yeah. Uh, you also have Lane and the subplot with her, where her and her mom are giving out sandwiches, which I forget the sandwich, but it didn't sound appealing at all. 
So it was um, eggs. It wasn't. It was egg salad without eggs. I don't know if it was tofu or what exactly it was. It didn't really sound that great though. I just remember hearing it. I'm like, that doesn't sound good. And then the fact that she says once it hits the bread, it goes dry or stale like within a couple, like a little short while. I'm like, oh, that's kind of concerning. <laughs> but uh, right. uh, it was a great scene. There could also be something particular about their food too. Yeah. Um, uh, what am I? What was I thinking? Um, I liked Dave's moment in this, like where he comes in and Mrs. Kim's there, and he was quick to the draw. Like he knew what he was doing. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and, and Mrs. Kim was like, "Yeah, you can come back anytime. Cool." Yeah. <laughs> the way Lane's face lit up. Mm -hmm. Um. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah, how he kind of was basically like, yeah, you know, like, uh, you know, I'm waiting for my, my parents, they're in, uh, Bible study right now, like, he's, he knew what he was doing, and like, I mean, obviously he was manipulating Mrs. Kim, which I don't know, maybe he could skew as problematic, I don't personally, but, uh, I thought it was just really interesting that he did a pretty good job of, you know, basically keeping things, you know, uh, pretty mellow. And at the end of it, you can tell Mrs. Kim kind of likes him. She's like, hey, this date guy's pretty nice. Right. And this also, there's a subplot of, um, of Paris's, the person that asked Paris out in D.C. shows up at her school. Mm -hmm. That was this episode, right? Sorry? That was this episode, right, where he just shows up? I was like, what's up with that? And then he never calls Paris after their date and says it's because he's busy at school. So oh, I think that's that, that's a next episode. Or is it really? Yeah, I don't think uh, it's this one. Yeah. Um, okay, because that would have been a lot in one episode. <laughs> yeah. Um, I watched one ahead. I feel good. Yeah, that's not a bad thing. It's like you're you're ahead of the curve. Um. Okay. Uh. Yeah. And, yes, the dance goes on. Uh, yeah, there's a little bit of a simmering kind of thing there. I mean, uh, Dean and uh, Jess and Rory, and I guess peripherally Shane, who just seems oblivious to everything going on, which I thought was kind of funny, uh, they have their thing with regard to the sandwiches. I, I, again, you point out that uh, Dean is being misogynistic, and... Uh, she is, uh, or um, Jess is pointing that out. Like he points out how misogynistic Dean is being. Um, you know, Dean in a, in a really, a really um, effective way. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, they blow up. Uh, Dean basically says, "There's nothing standing in the way. I'm out." Yells at her in front of everybody in the dance hall. Which is not okay. Not good at all. I mean, we've talked before that like there's different ways to break up with somebody. Literally in the middle of an event that the whole town is attending is probably like one of the worst ways you can do it. If not the I thought that he was trying to guilt and shame her. Yeah. So, Maybe a little bit of and, personality. Yeah. Yeah. I think it was I think um I think that he was gonna like drag her name through the mud kind of. And like we said, you don't even need a reason to break out with somebody, you can just do it. But, but why not say something to her alone? You know, he had to have some drama. But it also shows his maturity level too, which is not high. Mm -hmm. but I'm sure he'll be back. Uh, yeah, I'm sure he will be too, and maybe not in a way that we like. But that's the for you. Nice. Um, trying to think here. Um, yeah, and basically, uh, Jess goes off to find Rory, 
and uh, you know she basically is like uh, ask him if it's true like everything that Dean said and he's like yeah it is true which um, I don't know like we've known that they like each other um, but to Justice also show that he he's respectful at the very least for Rory maybe not for Dean but for Rory and um, yeah uh, that it it seems like they're in a relationship now I mean in a very awkward way yeah, yeah. but uh, yeah uh, and then we get back to probably one of the funniest scenes in the entire episode, which is uh, Rory crying in Lorelai's arms while Kirk is doing a victory lap to the Rocky theme. Rocky music. Which felt a little out of place, but also felt entirely like Kirk, that he would be so blissfully yeah. unaware of what's going on. Right. Yeah. yeah. He doesn't care that Rory's crying. He's doing his own thing. But, Wait, uh, this isn't this is the one with, with Rory, uh, with Paris and the guy, isn't it? I don't think so, no. Because it's so, it's, um, because she says, isn't this the episode where she says, um, um, don't tell them, don't tell the friends about him, because they're both going to start seeing his name from the Trojans commercial? So oh, yeah, but, like, I think there's, a, there's an episode that, like, well, I don't want to spoil it, but, like, there's an episode coming up that I think he comes back in. What was she referring to with that? I can't remember now. If it wasn't a guy, what was it? Maybe it was. I don't think she was in it for much of this episode, though. If she was. No, because a guy showed up at the school, and then she was in the. She was going to do the whole seventy. Yeah, this is this episode. Okay. I was right. So um, so she's going to go do the seventy fifth anniversary of the newspaper. She's mm-hmm. talking to Madeline. What's her face? Madeline. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you. Um, and the guy shows up, and he has not called her since they went out on a date. And he says it's because he's been busy with school. And she makes a comment like, "Oh." Um, you're taking classes and like how to dial a phone or something. <laughs> that was really good. Yeah. So, what do you think about the fact that he did not contact her that shows up at her school? I think they explain that in a future episode. That he he never called though. Like I thought that was a little presumptuous him just to show up at her school and he didn't even bother calling her. Does he show up at the school? I don't remember him showing up at school. Yeah, he shows up at the school. He's at the school and um and he takes her books and they go out for coffee. And the next day. She Paris is like checked out. Like she's not. She's not in the newspaper at all. Mm. So yeah, this one. So they crammed a lot in this episode. But it's also written by Amy Sherman Palladino. So yeah, that's gonna be good. Yeah. Um. Okay. Um. Just trying to think here. Uh. Favorite performance. Least favorite performance. Uh. Favorite performance. Uh, I like Jess, especially the calling up with Sachi. Yeah. And the Jess's girlfriend that we know. And then and then um uh what's Sookie's husband's name? Jackson. <laughs> I blocked him out. Yeah. Jackson. Yeah. Oi. I had enough. I have I have reached my limit with Jackson. I'm yeah. over it. That's totally fair. Uh that's yeah, I'm gonna have to go with Jess. He was so great in this episode. And I think this is why he's one of the, the series MVPs. Most valuable players. I mean, obviously, we also have to put Emily in there and Richard, but uh, yeah, the history of acting. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I'm gonna say for for me, it was Jess was my favorite, and then Lee's favorite. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna have to go with Jackson because he's just the whole uh, subplot went on way too long, and yeah, it was way it was overdone. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, Jess, Jess was so great in this. Uh, but I really liked you where you said that thing about, um, you know, like for Kirk, this is everything to Kirk, so we should kind of throw it so we can do it. I thought that was kind of sweet. Yeah, it really was. Yeah, like, that important was. Yeah, he doesn't have much going on in his life. This was it. <laughs> his mom doesn't let him key to his own house. Oh my gosh, yeah. that's sad. Who did you say should play the, the mom? Kathy Bates? I yeah. That would be... If Kathy Bates played Kirk's mom, that would be perfect. That would be amazing. Yeah. yeah. Maybe in the revival or revival. The second revival. Oh, there you go. The revival. Revival. Yeah. Yeah, adding revival names on top. There you go. Um, favorite reference in this episode. Do you have a favorite? Well, I just got to mention that um, uh, the title of the episode, They Shoot Gilmore's Don't They, is based on They Shoot Horses, Don't They, which is a book. And then uh, an Oscar-nominated movie that was nominated for, I think, seven or eight, nine Oscars. And it's okay. about a dancer. So that's that. But um, I like they mentioned Martha Graham. Oh, go ahead. No, no, I was just agreeing. I was like, oh, okay. And then Martha Graham that they mentioned is a, is a famous, was a famous choreographer. And it's and you might recognize the name from Birdcage, where Rob Williams is going through all the different iterations of dance. Like Martha Graham, Martha Graham, and then he's Michael Kidd, Michael Kidd. So that's one of the, the choreographers he names while he's going through all the different styles of dancing. And the way that Rob Williams is showing the styles of dancing is actually the way that they choreograph. So um, so that's Martha Graham. So that's his... Okay. Uh, so look at Ron Williams' birdcage. Yeah. And you can see her dance style that he does in his Ron Williams way. Yeah. Um, favorite uh, reference. Um, uh, I really like like the, the two townspeople that break out over a fight because the girlfriend or wife dated Liam Neeson. Liam Neeson. Where did, was he in, when did Taken come out? Was that around this time or what was the... It would have been after. Like... I think his biggest thing at that point was being in Star Wars. Uh huh. Yeah. That seemed totally random. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um. Yeah, that, that was great. It was just it was funny because like it's really just a throwaway thing of them having a fight, and then but I like how he's like, I don't believe that you went up with Liam Neeson and just the fight they have over her supposedly dating Liam Neeson. It's one of the things that, that later they'll be like, what were we even fighting about? Uh, it seems like one of those arguments. Or maybe she'll be like, I didn't even date Liam Neeson. Where did that come from? Um, right, right. Yeah. Uh, favorite quote. Favorite quote. Um, I really do like the line when uh, Jess goes to visit Rory when she's sitting on the dock, which I, I, I joke uh, that that dock is where everyone does their contemplating because I think every few episodes we just see them sitting on this dock. <laughs> Or yeah. Play or whatever. I don't know. It's a very pretty, pretty pond. But uh, yeah, I, I thought it was funny. Oh, go ahead. I was just funny that we've seen so many characters just sit there. Like I just wanted an episode, like maybe in a second revival where somebody goes there to contemplate. There's like 50 people contemplating there, and they're like, ah, oh, it's ruined. No, I can't do this anymore. <laughs> Is that the one that Luke pushed um, Jess into? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Oh, that would be amazing. Yeah, so I was like, I gotta do some contemplate. I'm gonna go to the creek or, or pond or whatever it is, and then they get there, and everyone else is there. Like, this is a really popular spot. Um, uh, but I just really like that exchange. Uh, I think a lot of people kind of point to that as like some of the best kind of dialogue in the show. Um, like with uh, Rory asking uh, Jess if um, Dean was right, but then like 
Jess has a very, like, I don't know, very cool line. I, I just like the line where, like, he asks her if her and Dean are done, and she confirms, yes, that we're done. And then he just says, okay, I've got something to take care of. Which you know it means he's going over to Shane to break up with her. I, it's just how he says that. And, like, he's been waiting for this moment, you can tell, and he's willing I, to do what it takes to be with Rory, because he really does care about it. So, yeah, it was like a aww kind of moment. Yeah. It was it was just uh, just really really uh, an adorable moment in the show I guess you could say mm-hmm. so yep so they're officially together I guess yeah, so. uh, yeah I like the line that Rory says to Lorelai when they're laying on the ground it's like I want to kick you but I I'm trying to kick you but I can't reach oh that was great because yeah I've been that tower before uh, and so yeah you, just, yeah, like, just can't move you yeah. just can't move uh, okay. Um, mental health observations. And the whole Sookie, and, and, I mean, there's a couple unhealthy relationships in this. Sookie and Jackson have moments of unhealthiness. Um, not the best way to resolve issues where you think that the friend is getting in the way, uh, by addressing it in a public place. I think that, you know, they do that for drama so we can see it, <laughs> but, um, uh, that, at first, you know, Sookie probably need to own her concerns instead of putting them on Lorelai. Um, that was concerning. And then yeah. you have Jackson just basically randomly yelling. Then you have Dean yelling, like, shaming Rory in front of everybody. Yeah. Um, so these two examples are really unhealthy interactions. Yeah. Yeah. I think we, you see, it's funny that, like, Jess is painted as a bad boy, the guy who, you know, is very mm-hmm. problematic, but, like, he's largely okay. I mean, I will yeah. say this, I don't like how he's seemingly with Shane for the purposes of getting with Rory. That seems a little unfair to Shane. That being said, Shane seems a little blissfully unaware of life in general, so <laughs> like, I don't know if maybe it's going to be mean to her or not. But um, Yeah, that whole thing about making out with her in front of, of Rory, was, that was weird and seemed a little bit not of his character. I guess, too, there was like a few episodes ago, there was some sort of exchange where Luke finds out that he's with Shane and he makes it out like they're just hanging out, being casual. So I wonder if how much she's really offended by that or upset. But still, to, for me at least, it comes across as a little, little worrisome. It was um, the episode where she was hiding in the closet. That was it, yeah. Yeah. Um, cool. Uh, I think it's time to rate this episode. What would you give us a score of? Give us a seven. It's not my favorite episode, but okay. I really like the I like the end with Jess and Rory. That was great. Yeah, uh, I like that they pack so much stuff in. Mm. But I guess I, the the way that that um, I think the dialogue I think was good, um, but I wasn't really a fan of, and this is just my personal taste, I guess. I I wasn't a fan of how many different conversations were going on at once, which is real life, right? And Amy Trump, you know, has that writing style that's very, like, machine gun, you know, it's like, shh, you can see that in Marvel's Mrs. Maisel, that, that it's just a really rapid-paced dialogue, because that's how people talk. But I found it actually a little bit overlapping, and I think that's part of the issue, is that I had to rewind a few times to catch everything, which, again, that's an Amy Trump, you know, episode. That's one of her hallmarks. Um, but, so that's why I probably just bring it to an 8 or okay. 7, whatever number I gave it. But, I think I gave it a seven. Yeah, okay. I'll stick with a seven. Okay. This is going to be a ten for you. Yeah, it's a ten. Yeah. Yep. 
So this is your the favorite episode or one of the favorite episodes? One of my favorites. I would say this is easily in my top ten, I would say. I don't know about top five. Top ten for sure. Maybe top five. Top ten for sure, though. Uh, this is, uh, I think, um, it balances everything about what makes Gilmore Girls what it is. You've got that warming community. Uh, you've got sort of like this kind of like joy that kind of just permeates throughout. Almost like this weird. Yeah, there I am. Yeah, and almost like this like very like easy living kind of sense, which I think is part of what makes the show great. And at the same time too, there's always that like underlying romantic kind of tension throughout. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, in this case, it's Luke and Lorelai, which we didn't even mention because it's such a jam-packed episode. We had that great line or exchange between them about kids, and you can kind of tell it's like a little bit geared towards the two of them about like right. whether they would have kids, which I thought was great. Um, not at all, which is great. So I think that's uh, some of the dialogue, like you, you don't expect it. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, like there's that big kind of dramatic explosion of, of uh, Dean kind of exiting the relationship or leaving the relationship. I didn't expect that. Right? Like you almost kind of think he's going to, he would be such a clinger that like he wouldn't let the relationship go. Right. So. Right. Um, well, for the purpose of further along the Jess Rory storyline. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and again, I still just think it's so funny that we have Lorelai and Rory like holding each other while Kirk is just doing a victory lap too. This is the biggest thing in Kirk's life. Yeah. It's just it, it, this. If this, if I could show somebody one episode of the show to like kind of show them what the show is about, I think the show would be it, or this episode would be it. Like this show, or this episode really does kind of show you what Gilmore Girls as a show is largely about. I mean, obviously, if you show someone this, they'd have a lot of questions like, who's Dean? Who's Jess? Who are all these characters? But I think you could show somebody this and like, if. I'm more about Yeah, it would tell them, so, like, this would be the show in a nutshell. If you could condense everything that the show is into like one episode, one hour or 45 ish minutes, whatever it is of, of television, this is it to me. Uh, this is this is kind I'm of curious. what this is all about. I'm curious um, where Amy Sherman Palladino ranks this episode amongst her favorite writing that she's done for shows. I'm curious what she does. Because it's very well written. Yeah. Um, you can tell she just has a different cadence and she just kind of keeps things moving along and everything kind of connects. Yeah. Um, little touches on it, like the bed at the check-in table. Yeah. Or, you know, yeah, like couple fighting and, you know. It, I mean, you can see elements of that in Marvel's Mrs. Maisel. Yeah. Just a little moment. And again, like, every every little single part of this episode seemingly just kind of feeds into, like, this idea of this is what Gilmore Girls is as a show. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, here's the thing. Uh, I don't think Amy Sherman Palladino has ever ranked the episodes. I don't think she ever could, to be honest, because I think she's too attached to the show. But she has... Sorry? Because they're her babies, I can see them. Yeah, you can, you can, I mean, I'll choose. I, I, am, I, I am detached enough, I could choose. But I think she said that her favorite character to write for is Paris. So. I, I wonder that. if Paris is like her. I can see that. I don't think she's maybe as like wholesome or as kind as the Gilmores are. I, mm-hmm. I can see her being more like, more like um, Paris. Maybe not as mean-spirited as she can be sometimes, but yeah. Um, and also, uh, Amy Sherman Palladino is a dancer, so a lot of her episodes are 
dance centric. Yes. Oh, it makes sense that you know she had Kaya Ortega direct. Yeah. Which if you like this, you've never seen um, uh, Georgie Nance, you can watch it. It's a great movie directed by Kenny Ortega and has uh, Kelly Bishop in it. So, yeah. You, you'll, if you're used to Emily, though, and you watch that, you'll be like, what the heck, Emily's so quiet in this, but otherwise it's great. But it also shows you what a great actress Kelly Bishop is. 100%. All right. Well, we're done for over four episode recordings this week. <laughs> Uh, you can find stuff over at StephanieSarkis.com Gaslighting is the book And Talking Brains is the podcast And I'm over at ThreeAngryNerds.com Where almost every other day I've got stuff going up Until next time everybody Bye for now